0: Welcome to another episode of The Gospelpreneur, where we explore Bible secrets to prospering in wealth, health, relationships, and faith. Your host, Brother Andre, digs deeply into biblical science and practical applications while encouraging growth in all areas of our lives. So if you're ready to grow, let's enjoy this journey to biblical abundance. Here's Brother Andre. Looks like we're ready to go. It is Friday. The sun is out just a little bit longer than than normal. The weather is nice in some places. In other places, it's rainy. Uh, here, it was a combination. It's a nice day. It's a little rainy, so we had that privilege of of experiencing that type of weather. Right now, all systems are go. I have the YouTube up. I have the Zoom up. I have the Uh, Facebook up. I have the podcast rolling and it is essentially time to start. And I know that as the days get longer, people will take their time in getting here. So I want to welcome you. Welcome everyone. Those who are watching online, those of you who are in my Zoom family, Glenda, welcome to you as you are here to study. Now, I know the Bible says when two or three are gathered in his name, he is in the midst of us. And there are more than two here, or there's at least two here. Uh, So we can pray and we can begin. And as we pray and begin, the Holy Spirit will speak to our minds and give us something special just for us. So let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Let's ask God's Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide. Our Father in heaven. We want to thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. We want to thank you, Father, for not giving us what, what we deserve, but giving us what your dear son does. And Lord, as we're here and as we're taking this opportunity to study and, as, and to pray, we ask for the forgiveness of our sins and we have fallen short of your glory We have where we have not reached the standard. We pray, Lord, that as we are here, that you will be our teacher and our guide. We ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the only effectual teacher of truth. And we ask this not because we are worthy, but because your dear son is. We pray this in Jesus' name and claim the merits of his blood. Amen. Amen. So, very good. We're about to go ahead and get started this evening. And our subject matter is the life of power. The life of power. Fellowship in prayer is a secret of a life of Christian abundance. And we've been going over each week, each week, some of the basic tenets, the basic understandings of how to be under, uh, understanding the love of God, learning to be a servant of the Most High and loving Him in the process of serving Him. Uh, there are so many of us that have served God because this is the right thing to do or oh, we serve God because uh we raise this way and this is what we know what we're supposed to do. We're going through the actions, the the behavior, the 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 operation. But ultimately, my friends, it is of great benefit to us when we learn to love God and see God and understand how he moves and and understand how he's seeking to work out this gospel uh miracle in our hearts and in our minds. So, I want to make sure oh, let me make sure I push record. Let me make sure this is recorded recording in progress all right there we go so as as this is going on as we're as we're, as we're processing this uh today i want us to focus in on this key point uh, if this was in levels of importance in our bible study i would say if anyone was going to miss a, a meeting they should have missed last week's because this one is probably the most important study we're going to be doing uh, so let's let's dig in. Let's let's open our minds. Let's let the Holy Spirit be our teacher as we uh, traverse through the word of God uh, today tonight. So let's let's look at this. And I, and I want to look particularly the how does God how does God speak to us? And we've looked at this already, but I just want to remind us, how does God speak to us? And let me see here. What we've noticed over time as we've looked at scripture is that God speaks to us through his scripture, through nature and revelation, right? Through nature and revelation, God speaks to us. Revelation being that which is in scripture, that which is in other inspired writings. He speaks to us through that inspiration. Then he also speaks to us through the inspiration of nature itself. Like if you take time this weekend and you go out in nature and you take your Bible, you take some, you go for a walk, you're in communion with God. As you observe nature, God will begin to speak to your mind. You know, it's nature and revelation both speak of the person and character of God. Then we have how God providences work. God says this way, you will hear a voice behind you say, this is the way walking in. And so you you see and hear God speaking through his providences. And then of course you hear how God speaks and how he teaches through the influence of his Holy Spirit. This is how you know that God is speaking. This is how you know how that he is directing. You and I don't need to guess how God speaks. What we need to learn is how to listen to when he speaks, right? That's what we need to learn. We need to listen as he speaks. Now, with that in mind, These are important, but this is not enough. We need to know how to commune back with him. All right. We need to know how to speak to God. I want to read something from Steps to Christ, and I want to put it before you because it is imperative that we understand the principles. And some people that may not know what this book is, it's all right. Understand the precepts and the spirit that speaks behind the message. It says, our minds may be drawn out toward him. Speaking of towards God, our mind may be drawn out toward him. We may meditate upon his works, his mercies, his blessings. But this is not in the fullest sense communing with him. Now, my friends, listen, listen, listen. All that right there, I read, and I was like, man, that's deep because. These are basic things that we do, right? If, if I'm com- thinking about God and meditate upon his word, I think about his works, I, I meditate on his mercy and his blessings. But this is not, in the fullest sense, communing with him. Well, that's interesting. What would be the fullest sense of communion with God? We must have something to say. We must have have something to say concerning our actual life friends i read that my mind was blown okay not that i didn't know that or but in the time in which i'm living right now in the in the things that i'm going through right now in my experience this hit me like a ton of bricks and i had to call a friend after i read it it's like bro did you see it? let me read this this is a very simple sentence but it is so profound in order to commune with god we must have something to say to him concerning our actual life now friends you know why this is so deep because i've been in situations where folks want to be like oh thou wondrous most high god who sittest upon the clouds of the celestial uh, uh, oceans you know like we get into his poetry which sounds nice and we say nothing in regards to the reality of what's going on with you and with me in real time, in real life, like what's really happening in your day? Who's really making you upset? Who's really challenging you on a personal level? How do you really feel about church? How do you really feel about the organized body? How do you really feel about, like you must have something to say to God if you're gonna have true communion. Yes, you're to meditate upon His word, Yes, you're to meditate upon nature. Yes, you're supposed to think about his blessings, but these are thoughts, but interaction, intimacy, communion is where this happens. This is where it takes place. this is a, I don't want to call it magic, but this is where the power and the relationship begins to flow and develop because of your open, honest, communion communication with God. It's powerful I, I, I was I was flabbergasted. I was like, man, this is deep it says continuing on it says this I, and I want to define prayer like this the, what is prayer that's my that was my question the answer prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend what is prayer prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend not that it is necessary in order to make known to God what we are, but in order to enable us to receive him. Prayer does not bring God down to us, but brings us up to up to him. Now, again, another profound, profound statement. I was thinking about this and me and God were having a discussion about this, this subject matter because it actually started to frustrate me a little bit. And it frustrated me not because I'm frustrated with God per se, but it frustrated me because as I've been going through my little crisis, I find myself either A, phoning a friend and talking to a friend for an hour and a half, two hours. Then I'll hang up the phone and I'll call another person. Another person will call me or somebody else will call. My mom will call or something will happen. And these phone calls are constantly going and boom, six hours have gone with me trying to deal with the crisis by talking to other people on the phone. And when I read this, I thought to myself, prayer is the opening of the heart to God as a friend. What am I looking for when I'm talking to these other humans? And why am I avoiding talking to God for that long period of time? Why am I so comfortable and just talking to other people? Because the reality is my friend, we don't see God as tangibly as we would like to see him so we feel more comfortable in communicating with other human beings instead of really just laying it out to god then this is where i started having a problem because i was like okay well god listen it's easier this is why i started saying to him he start he talked back to me though i said it's easier when i have a friend i say something to a friend and a friend responds right back i can see the look on their face i can hear them on the phone i say something they say something back i say something they say something back and it's an interaction there's there's uh, 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 communication or intercourse in our discussion. I said, Father, I feel like that is why it's easier to talk to somebody else than just to be talking to you all the time about something that's going on with me. And then the spirit said to me, Andre, now this, is, this, is, this literally happened to me a, a couple years back. Uh, not years. I was going through a really tough issue uh, a couple years back. And I would find myself in the car talking to whomever I had an issue with, but they weren't in the car. I don't know if you ever had that. Like you're, you, you don't—they're not there to talk to, but you're so frustrated that you got to say something. So you're talking to, the, to to the issue or the person like they're really there, but they're not actually there. And then when you realize that you're—I don't know—maybe I'm crazy. Anybody else that happened to? If anybody else had that happen to them, where you're talking, you, the person's not there that you want to talk to, but you're just talking to them as if they're actually there. Did that happen to anyone else? Type in the chat that happened to you. So no, nope, that didn't happen to you. That happened to me. I'll be in the car, so frustrated. Yeah, in my head, exactly. That's what I'm saying. In my head, I'm having this conversation, and I'm talking. I'm like, yo, don't you understand? Like this is why we did. And but the purse is not actually there. Somebody said, well, Andre, you crazy? You just <laughs> you in there talking to yourself. Yeah, I think everybody's a little crazy but because i was so emotionally involved and this is what the spirit said to me because i was so emotionally involved in the situation i was able to invest my emotional energy into a convo and i said well if i believe that god is there and if i believe that he hears then why would not i speak to him as if he were there meaning father i don't like the way this person's doing what he's doing It really makes me upset. I mean, honest conversation, friends. I really don't like the way this is going down. I really don't like the way my child is behaving, Father. I don't know what to do about it. It's driving me insane. Real conversation with God. Prayer is the opening of the heart to God as a friend. As a friend. Think about that, my friends. Maybe you don't have friends. Maybe you do have friends. But when I open my heart, when I'm talking to my friends, or I'm talking to my my spouse, or when I'm when I'm talking to people that I love, I in my circle, I really try not to speak with filters. Not when I say filters what I mean is I'm pretty open and honest. I'm careful though because I'm not sure who I can trust. <laughs> you know, you got to be careful, but those who are my friends that have have I, I have established relationship with, we've gone through the crucibles together. I can open. I can be open and honest. I can speak the way I need to speak in regards to what's going on. But with God, I can be even more honest with him. More direct. Opening the heart to God as a friend. That's what prayer is. It is not simply a spiritual duty that I must do in order to gain favor with God so I can get my get what I need to get like a you know Santa Claus. You know what I'm saying? That's not what that is. Prayer. Is the opening of the heart to God as a friend. And I like how the next sentence says, not that it's necessary in order to make known to God what we are. Because he already knows. But in order to enable us to receive him. Now, again, you got to think about these sentences. What do you mean that it enables me to receive him? you ever you ever talk to someone and this is psychological okay if you want to get to know somebody and you're 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 you ent- you engage with them you're in the conversation you don't normally go up to them and just offer them to tell themselves tell you about themselves normally what happens is you give a little bit about you and as you give a little bit about you you they're able to give you a little bit about them and it goes back and forth that back and forth back and forth and as you're more open the other person feels more open and then more things are shared in that in that in that conversation and i read this sentence again not that it is necessary in order to make known to god what we are but in order to enable us to receive him think about that and think about how often we don't pray when troubles and trials present themselves, how often we revert to trying to solve it ourselves. The reason why we don't pray is because we don't, or we are not ready to receive what God has instructed for us. Because when we pray, we're submitting ourselves to a higher power. We're submitting ourselves to a higher authority, right? So prayer unlocks our disposition in order for us to receive a person. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. Prayer unlocks our disposition, meaning that if our disposition is open, then we could receive a person, and that person has all the solutions to our problems. I love it where it says prayer does not bring God down to us, but brings us up to Him. You got to use your sanctified imagination. That's why God has given it to us. That's why. We so many of us enjoy television and movies and and stories and because our imagination is is captured. But think about it: you can use that imagination in the same way as you as by faith you enter into the throne room of God when you are in prayer. Where ten thousand times ten angels, ten thousand angels are in that room, and you have a sacred audience with God. Where only you and Him. You can have Father. I would like a private audience. You don't think god will give you that private audience yes he will he'll give you that private audience you and him special oh i love this my friends we, we're just touching the surface of tonight's study let's let's keep it let's keep it going so we're going to look at a, a several passages and we're going to look at these passages in light of prayer And you as you're taking note you're going to take quick note of each verse and what it is telling us about prayer so go to matthew 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 chapter 6 and we're looking versus verses 5 through 8 Matthew chapter 6 verses 5 through 8 the bible says when thou prayest thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets But they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. What's the instruction for prayer in that verse? Right? We'll keep going. Verses 7 and 8. But when ye pray. Use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Interesting. So, what are, what are the instructions in that prayer? Go ahead and type in the chat. What are the instructions given in these passages in regards to prayer? What are the instructions? in these passages that we read, verses five through eight in regards to prayer. What are the instructions? First one, that I see off top, private place. Yep, private place. We're not trying to just go out in the middle of the street and pray so everybody can hear us. That's not not the first instruction. The first instruction, go to a private place. And secretly in quiet talking to God, you and Him alone. That's right. Yes. Yes. There are times to pray with the spouse too. So where you know God talks about two or three gathering in his name, but particularly about personal, take yourself to a private place where you and God alone can have conversation. I remember in my youth. I remember in my youth, that's right. In my youth, I used to go to the forest and pray there, and I would pray out loud to God so I wouldn't be distracted, and I would pray out loud talking to God. I would go by the, by the river, talk to God about my life, about my issues. In fact, i probably go to do that tomorrow if it's not raining. Then I would I would just commune with him and just talk to him about what was going on. I would read the passage of Scripture because he speaks to his word and his Holy Spirit, so I would pray, read walk think holy spirit impress my mind you know and it was this fellowship that's right that's why you pray out loud if you can in a private place pray out loud it's 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 nothing wrong with that if you're praying quietly you know it's okay to do that too but whatever you can do again you got to remember you're talking to a real person you're talking to a real person and this is this is your friend this is god father i'm going through a thing man Father, thank you so much for the new car. You know, Father, thank you for getting me through another. You are talking as to a real friend. Okay, what else in the passage? It says, do not use vain repetitions. You know, sometimes we, we, when we're praying in church, we have cliches that we always say. In the morning, we say the same thing sometimes because we're just getting it done. He's just getting it done. Oh, listen, uh, we'll talk about that in a moment there. Even if the devil can hear, he can't do anything. I'm just going to tell you that off top. Um, and if you, I I am of the, of the, and I'm going to say this is my opinion. I am of the opinion that when the devil, not the opinion, I'm, I know for a fact when the devil hears us pray, he trembles, number one. And I am of the opinion that if you request a quiet audience with God, you can verbally pray out loud and the devil can't hear what God silences. If God wants him to hear, he'll hear it. If God don't want him to hear, he won't hear it, right? But as far as praying privately away from your friends and family and stuff like that, you should definitely do that um, from time to time, right? So it it is an amazing privilege that we have when we go to the Lord in prayer, because the devil knows, man, that when we start praying, stuff starts happening, okay? So I'm I'm, I'm giving, like I said, if you're going to miss any study you should have missed today, You should have missed last week, not today. You should have missed last week because today's study is profound if applied. Okay, if applied, not because I'm profound, but if the scriptures are profound, if applied, whole life transformation. And I'm saying this in my own hearing as I've been studying and praying and asking God to give me clarity on how to strengthen my own walk. So, again, quick review in Matthew 6, 5 through 8. You're not out there boasting. It's not for everybody to hear. You're not doing it so people can think you're religious. You're praying as as far as personal prayer so God can hear. You're not getting any cupcake points for praying long prayers in church. There's no extra points for that, right? There's no extra points <laughs> for for doing for being in fellowship with God. That is points enough, if you will. That is that is good enough just in fellowship with Him. Matthew 7. Matthew 7 in verse 7 notice what the scripture says ask and it shall be given you seek and ye shall find knock and that shall be open unto you and again if you're looking at the greek of this the greek says ask and keep on asking knock and keep on knocking you know that's that's what it says it's a continuation so again private and you're asking god can do whether you ask or not but that's not how he how he wants to function he wants to function where you are acknowledging your necessity of him because the human heart is extremely proud for no reason, okay? We're kind of weird that way. Matthew 21, 22. Again, these small instructions in regards to prayer. Oh, and it says, let start at verse 21. And Jesus answered the sin unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done for the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea it shall be done and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer believing ye shall receive now let me tell you something friends sometimes we don't know what to pray for i am going to say a statement it's going to seem kind of bold but whatever we pray for while we are in the spirit of christ submissive to his will whatever we pray for the answer is yes y'all didn't hear what i just said whatever we pray for somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna record this the wrong way take it the wrong way so i'm gonna quickly try to clarify whatever we pray for in while we're in the spirit of submission to god the answer is yes now when the answer is yes it doesn't mean it's gonna come the way you thought it would come And what you're praying for, you may not understand what you really wanted, because the Holy Spirit will translate that thing for you and present it before the Father the way it's supposed to be received. But if you're in the spirit of Christ and you're submissive to his will, every time you pray and you present your offering before the Father, the answer is always yes. It just may not be the way you understand it to be. Okay? Please understand that, because there is no good thing the Father will withhold from us. There is nothing that the father will keep from us. And as the spirit of God places these burdens in our hearts, sometimes we don't know what to say. And God will allow us to say, and he starts moving. And as he's moving, you have to understand that your heart and God's heart, as you come closer to him, are going to be one beat together. You're not going to really ask for I'm afraid if I ask for this. I'm like, Listen, if you pray, Father, I want to support the work. I wanna support the work, Father. I wanna put money towards the work. I I believe I need a million dollars. Father, would you bless me with a million dollars? Now somebody might say, I prayed for a million dollars. I didn't get a million dollars. Well, you probably didn't get the million dollars because the Father saw that what you were really praying for was that you needed to be in the work, right? What you really wanted in your heart, you didn't know exactly what you wanted to express, but the Father understood what you wanted to express and the Father said, I got you. Boom. And when you get to heaven, be like, that is exactly what I needed. (laughs) Right? Because I know what I'm praying for. I pray these audacious prayers, these big prayers, these prayers that don't make any sense. People are like, Andre, what you you're praying for? How much? Yep, because based on what I got calculated, if I'm gonna open this many missionary outpost centers, then it's gonna cost me at least a hundred million dollars. Now I may not have a hundred million dollars off to myself, but it may come in the form of God might give me a piece of property that's worth a million dollars. And then God might provide a vehicle for the for the for the company. Or God might provide workers that normally I would have to pay for, but because somebody else sponsored them, I don't have to pay for it. You follow what I'm saying? I might have prayed for $100 million, but the Father said, I understand what you're praying for. You're praying that you'll be able to advance the cause of God. What I'm going to do, I'm going to orchestrate these things in a way that will advance the cause of God, and you will understand that I have taken the reins of this work. You follow what I'm saying, everybody? So every time you pray in the spirit of God, in the spirit of submission to him, he always answers yes now somebody just said i just want a million bucks i just i'm praying for him no god's gonna be like probably didn't even hear that prayer (laughs) because what do they pray they're praying for something that gratifies the flesh and gratifies self god's like i know that's at the end of the day it's not really what you're gonna get from me that's not what i'm about okay so thinking in these terminologies when you're going before the Father. When my daughter asks me for something, I want to say yes. If my wife asks me for something, I want to say yes. My produ- my disposition towards them is yes all the time. That's my disposition. Go a little further with this. I want you to think about it because if you're thinking about this, friends, if you pray according to his will, the answer is yes. Somebody put up 1 John 5.14, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything, According to his will, he heareth us. Amen. He heareth and he moves in our in our behalf. Mark chapter 9. Go to Mark chapter 9. Thank you for that. Mark chapter 9, verse 29. Notice what the Bible says. It says in verse 20, started verse 28. And Jesus has just delivered an evil spirit out of a person. It says, and when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? Answer, he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Okay, so there's another condition in prayer sometimes is that it must include fasting, a form of submission to God, right? So prayer and fasting necessary in engagement in spiritual warfare. Okay, Mark 11, Mark 11, verse 24, Mark 11. Verse 24, the Bible says in Mark 11, verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall, what's it say, have them. Believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Again, you are praying according to the principles of God's word, and when you pray according to the principle of God's word, God cannot lie. He will do what he says he's going to do. All right, go a little further with this. John, John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and we're looking at verse 13 and 14. John 14. Verses thirteen and fourteen. Notice what the Bible says: "And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do." Now, when we say "ask in His name," His name is not—it's not just simply talking about saying His name, like the name of Jesus. It's talking about the character of who He is. So, if you're asking for something in His name, in His character, that—that that which He would rep- He would be represented by. If you're praying according to that, it says, "That will I do." that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So whatever you're praying for must match the character of the Son that will reflect the glory and the character of God. You see that? It goes a little further. It goes a little further. It says in verse 14, if ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, when when <laughs> listen, friends. It's almost—it's almost like God is saying, "Look, I have. You should have extreme confidence. You should have extreme confidence in me. That's what Jesus, this is what Jesus is saying. Not not in me, Andre, but in me. Jesus. Jesus is saying you should have extreme confidence that if you ask anything in my name, I will answer according to the character of who I am. That's what he's saying." And so when you're entering into prayer, enter in with this mindset of full confidence. Acts, the book of Acts chapter nine, look at verse 40. Acts chapter nine, verse 40. The Bible says, when Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed and turning him to the body said, Tabitha arise and she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up so now we see prayer outside of the the life of christ but now in the person of peter he's praying for someone that has died and this person now is brought back to life power in prayer i there was an occasion where i was and this has happened in different times in different situations but there was a sister who was sick very sick and for some reason, the arthritic pain in her knee was so bad, she could not move. And at that time, I didn't know anything about medical missionary as I understand it today. And so what I did at that time, I don't know if you guys ever listened to uh, Pathway to Pioneers. And there's a, there are some CDs on there where either they're voting on something and everybody's agreeing or they're praying over somebody and people are getting up and being healed. So apparently that day i have been listening to all the the stories about the pioneers praying over people and being healed and so i said you know what i want to get up i'm going to go and pray over this lady and i went over there and i prayed over this dear lady i had my hand on her on her knee and i prayed for her and that lady was healed relief in that moment in time from the pain that she had in her knee and i was so Happy, like <laughs> I was happy that it embarrassed myself, right? But at the same time, I was a little like, "Oh, what's happening?" You know, um, God, God does do miracle-working things. You understand, my friends? I, I have so many stories in regards to canvassing and and finances and all these different things that God has done after going to Him in prayer secretly. Now, does He always heal people? No, no, because it doesn't match the overall will. But will if will he ultimately answer that prayer if this is the will of God? Yes, absolutely. One way or the other, we trust him. Full confidence. Ephesians. And I say full confidence because knowing that we're very human and having full confidence is a struggle from time to time. So Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. That's right. He He already knew the plan. Jesus knew the plan. That's why he could thank the Father before he even raised Lazarus from the dead. Absolutely. In Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 18, notice how the Bible describes prayer. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So, again, this idea of prayer being something that's constant. It's constant. It doesn't stop. It's not you don't pray like you you don't pray right here and then you take a break for the rest of the day prayer is a continual conversation and fellowship with god throughout the day now let me say this to you have you ever walked down the street with your friend and as you're walking you're not saying anything but you're walking together you acknowledge each other's presence you know you're there together you don't always have to say something to be in prayer did i say that again You don't always have to verbally say anything to be in prayer. Acknowledging that there is one with you is fellowship. And it takes a deep relationship to be in a room with somebody and feel fulfilled with them without having to say a word. That's that's a deep relationship. That's a deep relationship because your thoughts towards the other person are so deep and serene and so trusting and so it is to be with us in god sometimes my friends we can be in a crowded store saying nothing to anyone but knowing that our father in heaven is with us that his spirit abides with us philippians go to philippians chapter 4. philippians chapter 4 we're looking at verses 6 and 7. philippians chapter 4 Verses six and seven says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by, what's it say? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. So there's nothing that we shouldn't be praying over or for about. You can never pray too much. I hope you write that down you can never pray too much never especially if you know what i mean when i say prayer now prayer doesn't mean i'm on my knees all day every day for seven days a week that's not that's not what i'm talking about in regards to prayer alone praying on your knees is important but let me ask you another question have you ever prayed with your eyes open type in the chat if you ever pray with your eyes open you ever pray with your eyes open All the time, yep. You know, you're know, you taught to pray with your eyes closed when you're young so you don't get distracted. Yep. But when you're older, you'll learn that you can pray with your eyes open all the time. You praying while you walk, driving down the street? I Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father. So he's outside talking to God, looking up at the sky, talking to God. Fellowship, my friends we've come so robotic in our religious experience that we forget that it is about fellowship with god with the most high james watch this now james james chapter 5 james chapter 5 beginning at verse 14. james chapter 5 verse 14 says is any man much there you have it that's very interesting so when you pray you pray in faith yeah you pray in faith when you pray you pray making sure that there's no sin that you are you have confessed your faults and your weaknesses before the most high right these are all steps or processes to to be sure that your prayer is always answered steps to christ says his humanity speaking of jesus made prayer a necessity and a privilege he found comfort and joy in communion with his father and if the savior of men the son of god felt the need of prayer how much more should feeble sinful mortals feel the necessity of fervent constant prayer Now, I'm going to tell you a secret that's really not a secret at all. If you want to grow spiritually, pray constantly. Don't stop. Throughout the day, commune with them. What I have found over time is that persons who do not take their prayer life seriously will fall of conscious religiosity, but no power, right? Or they'll find themselves completely out of the body of Christ. Either state is not a safe state to be. Prayer is a spiritual privilege and necessity for humanity. You and I cannot live without prayer. Not spiritually speaking. And physically speaking, we're talking about a limited time. right? So why do we pray so little? If the son of God himself prayed so much, being in human form, having direct access to divine power, if he needed to pray so much, why do we pray so little? Why do not? Why do we not understand God's heart? Or I'm not saying, it shouldn't say why. Essentially, the answer is, and I put it in a question mark, should have been a statement. We do not understand God's heart towards us. That's why. We don't understand the privilege that's there in fellowship and communion. All right, I appreciate the question, Timothy. You say, "Confess our faults one to another," meaning confess our sins. No, that's not what that means. I'll explain that more in a moment. So, so why do we pray so little? We pray so little because we don't believe in the bigness of who god is what the privilege of prayer actually provides i was talking to the lord about this is the part that actually frustrated me more because i'm like okay father yes i don't pray as much i don't pray as much as i want to pray right it's because it's to be continuously throughout the day let me tell you something prayer gets in the way if you will of doing selfish things because if you're if you're in prayer <laughs> It's hard to just sit down and watch whatever TV shows if that you will and watch because you don't you don't feel like praying right now. You don't want to think. You just want your brain to be turned off because you just want to be entertained, right? So prayer gets in the way of issues because we want our issues sometimes, like we want our sins sometimes. Like this is the level of honesty we have to have with God, Father. I don't want to pray. Why not? The reality is, Father, because if I pray, I'm going to feel like a hypocrite because after I'm done praying, I'm going to go and do whatever. Do you know everything you just said in that moment or as you're talking with God? That's prayer. (laughs) Honesty, my friends, in our communion with God will drive us a long way of allowing him to say, I hear you, son. Let me help you. Hmm? It will drive us a long way of acknowledging our need. Yeah, so the idea, like if you confess your faults one to another, the faults are simply this. If you have done wrong to your brother or sister, or if there is something between a brother or sister, that is what you are to confess to your brother and sister. Otherwise, if you have a personal issue, that personal problem needs to go before God. Now somebody says, well, if I have a personal problem and you know uh, I need assistance and help, if you want to put that burden on your brothers and sisters be very prayerful about that and if there's a good support system so forth and so on so be it but it's not simply just randomly telling folks that you have all these problems because you they are number one a they can't handle it b they have they have no holy ghost power to remove stuff from you except except they're taking you before the most high and praying the Holy Ghost on you but otherwise they have no power in and of themselves to help you right God himself is the one that is literally able to take away your sin that's the reality of that but if you've done wrong to your brother and sister and you are there praying Bible says leave your gift before the altar go deal with your brother and sister if you know you you have or you know they have all against you it says leave that your gift there and go handle it with your brother and sisters both ways both ways okay so why do we pray so little because imagine this okay imagine i'm i'm your uncle andre right and uncle andre has 10 million dollars and i say to everybody online guess what uncle andre has 10 million dollars please come ask me for it i'll be happy to give it to you anytime you need it do you know how many people will show up some folks won't won't believe right I might even get new new uh nieces and nephews once they start hearing about the news that Uncle Andre has ten million dollars he's giving away for free. everybody' be like, "You know what? I'm about to go hit up Uncle Andre cause he got ten million. We're talking about the treasure house of the universe, everything that we need, everything that has to do with mental health, everything that has to do with physical health, everything that has to do with relational health, God himself has access and says i am willing to give abundantly as you are submitted to my spirit come on man there's that that is a good deal a good deal now this this is an interesting passage because it says i put don't neglect what are we not neglecting it says the darkness of the evil one encloses those who neglect to pray Mark that down, underline, circle, be very clear of what I've just put before you. I did not miss any words. It is the very truth. It is the very truth that if you neglect your time in prayer, the enemy will redouble his efforts. He's real slick, though. He don't just come out and be like, blah, I'm the devil. (laughs) Not what he does. He's subtle about it. Until one day you find out, you look up, and you say, man, I haven't had devotions in, in so many days. I haven't really prayed to talk to God in over two months. I haven't really poured out my soul to him in this much time. Because he's subtle and tricky like that. He don't want you to pray. He don't Because he knows that if you're praying, you have power. If you're praying, you have the ability to resist the temptations of the enemy if you're praying. But he says, if they're not praying, I got them. I'm good. We're good to go. We're good to go. We don't want to give them that type of influence in our experience. Don't neglect to pray. And if you have neglected to pray, start praying in earnest today. Why should the sons and daughters of God be reluctant to pray? When prayer is the key in the hand of faith to unlock heaven's storehouse, where are treasured the boundless resources of omnipotence. Now, omnipotence omnipotence is all power so prayer is the key in the hand of what faith that unlocks heaven's storehouse i like the little picture i found this picture uh i love what it says faith is the hand by which the soul takes hold upon the divine offers of grace and mercy come on now y'all not here now let me read that again faith is the hand by which the soul takes hold upon the divine offers of grace and divine mercy. Listen to me, friends. I want you to hear what I am going to say. And I know to a great degree, if you just hear this, and I, again, I'm speaking to, you, it might be an unbeliever listening right now. So you may be able to relate if you're an unbeliever even a believer from time to time we fluctuate in our beliefs, right? From, I believe to I'm not sure if I believe because our actions tell us otherwise. Right. But think about this. We're praying to a God we cannot see, who doesn't respond back to us in what we consider normal communication, like speaking back normally, right? We can't see him, he doesn't speak back normally. The wicked in the world seem like they're getting away with murder, right? So it seems like the Christian is living a life of holiness and virtue and discipline In vain, and you want me to pray to a God I cannot see for salvation that I didn't watch develop about a creation that I wasn't there to behold, but I must trust everything that's written in this book that was written by 40 different authors, right? So it's like if you just intellectually just play with this in your brain, doubt will appear because you can do that, and doubt will appear, and you will start to question, Well, why would I pray? And believe it or not, there are so many Christian atheists, it's not even funny. I said it. I said Christian atheist. A Christian atheist, this is my definition. No one else made this up. I'm making it up right now. A Christian atheist is a person that has the name of Christ, but doesn't believe that God actually hears or does what the word says he will do. So are you a Christian atheist? I know it's an oxymoron god declares it in his word i must accept it by faith i don't want to be a christian atheist he has given enough evidence in his word and in my experience to say i will trust him where he leads me and father where i don't trust you help me to believe help my unbelief prayer is the key in the hand of faith That unlocks heaven's storehouse. So if you don't have a hand of faith, that key is not going to work for you. That key is not going to work for you if you don't have faith. Faith is believing that the word of God will do what it says it's going to do whether I see it or not, whether I feel it or not. And I tell you, those feelings, man, they are crazy. One moment you can feel like a Christian, the next minute you can feel like whatever crazy, sinful thing you want to do. So feelings then are not our instruction. Feelings then are not our God. Feelings then are not our direction. Feelings are subject to, must be made subject to what inspiration actually says. If you do it any other way, my friend, you're going to find yourself disappointed. So I love it. I love it here, where where it says, "Faith is the hand by which the soul takes hold upon the divine offers of grace and mercy." So you have to know what the divine offers are. What are divine offers, right? What are, what are the divine offers of grace and mercy that have been provided for us? Man, this is this is this is rich. This is rich. Let's go a little bit further. So, prayer is that key. You know if you don't have faith like a little little child you won't be entering into the kingdom of heaven jesus says so faith is that key that unlocks faith is that key let's go a little bit further so let's look at this what are the conditions for answered prayer what are the conditions for answered prayer let's take note Isaiah 44, verse three. Go to Isaiah, Isaiah 44, verse three. I'm giving you the secret to having your prayers answered 100% of the time, yes. Isaiah 44, verse three. It says, for I will pour out, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground i will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thy offspring what watch what it says for i will pour water upon him that is thirsty hmm we must feel our need in order to know what we are supposed to be praying for yeah Like you don't feel your need, if you don't know what you need, how you gonna pray for anything? So you need to know your need. Number one, know your need. What is my need? What is it that I, what is that my heart is yearning for? And trust me, you have an assistant, the Holy Ghost, who will translate for you if you don't exactly know it one hundred percent, right? So what is my need? Number one. Number two, Matthew seven seven. Go to Matthew. You got to acknowledge that you're thirsty, that you're tired, that you feel weak, that I don't want to pray, that life is hard, that life is good. You know, you got to know your need. Life is too good. Lord, is too easy. <laughs> Somebody might pray that prayer. Somebody that has too much in their life. Right. Watch in Matthew chapter seven, verse seven. The Bible says, ask. And it shall be given you. So you must ask so you have to know your need and you have to ask and you're not asking because he doesn't know the asking puts you in a position to be able to receive so ask ask right number 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 three number oh before i go number three, go to romans 8 verse 32 romans 8 romans chapter 8 Verse 32, it says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us, what's it say? All things. I need you guys to get, we've read so many passages tonight from the Bible, from the Bible, where it literally says, God will give you everything you need. Ask and it will be given. Take everything to God, and He will answer your prayer. Like we've read many, many passages that say I will He will do this. Somebody says, but we have to pray according to His will. We know what His will is, is whatever the Word declares. Whatever His Word declares, that's His will and we have to patiently allow his spirit to work it out. Now, if it doesn't come the way we want it, if it didn't if it didn't come the exact way that we we are to understand it, trusting that he will ultimately do what he says he's going to do is what's going to keep us in the right path. But we just read right here again emphasizing how shall he not freely give us all things? The believer Trust God and praise according to the character of God and the person of God. And God says he will come through as he promised to do so. Now go to Psalms. Psalms Psalms, 66, division, the 18th verse. Psalm 66 and verse 18. Here's what the Bible says. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. What is iniquity? Known, willful, intentional sin. You're not willing to give it up. You just want to hold on to it. That thing, God says, will hinder you from accessing the throne room. So do not hold on to known sin. Confess it before God, before petitioning and asking for what you think you want to ask for. Okay? So the first one is you need to know you have a need. Number two, you need to ask. Number three, you need to make sure that there is no roadblocks, nothing that will stand in the way between you and God. No known sin must be confessed and forsaken. Okay. I'm talking about guaranteed answers to prayer now. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says, watch, watch, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith is required. So I must feel, know my need, feel my need. I must ask. I must make sure there's nothing in between me and God, and I must ask in faith. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Mark 11, 24. Matthew Mark. Okay, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Here we go. It says therefore i say unto you what things whoever you desire when you pray believe that ye shall receive them and ye shall have them there it is again have faith that when you pray you will have based on his word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word so you have to pray according to the word i always use this illustration out and i i should have i didn't think to put it in as a slide but i want you to kind of wrap this thought in your mind when elijah went before King Ahab he had studied the Old Testament and read that if the people of God rebelled if they were in rebellion then there would be no rain that the ground would be as brass and the sky would be as iron that it, it, so he read this in the in the passages of scripture and then James tells us that he was a man of like passions and prayed that it would not rain so he prayed. In accordance with the word, you follow. So he didn't. He didn't just wake up one day and go before King Ahab and just the Holy Ghost just moved him. The Holy Ghost moved him after he had studied Scripture. He knew what Scripture said about no rain. He prayed according to it because the conditions were met and there was no rain. And Elijah said, "According to my word." You follow what I'm saying? It is powerful, it is powerful, very powerful. Pray according to the word and it is guaranteed to be answered yes and amen. All right, let's go a tad bit further. What should you do if your prayers appear not to be answered? Now listen friends, this this is what I was talking about. What should you do if your prayers appear not to be answered number one we are still to believe god answers our prayer okay we're still to believe god answers our prayer number two sometimes we ask for things that would not benefit us now now i'm going to quote our heavenly father in love answers our prayers by giving us what that which will be for our highest good that which we ourselves would desire if the vision divinely enlightened, we could see all things as they really are. You see that? So he answers the prayer. Says, you know what? If they could see what what I see, if their eyes were open, they would want the answer to the prayer the very way I'm giving it to them. So God answers the prayer. This is why I said every time you pray as a believer and you pray according to the word. You must believe that it will be fulfilled as the word declares. There is no no with God when his children ask him. Ooh, somebody. <laughs> oh, somebody's not listening. Listen to me. No no's. They're only yeses and amen's. His heart towards his children is to give them the best of the best at all times. For Brother Andre, I pray for the heat not to be turned off in our house and the heat was turned off. Well, guess what? Maybe, maybe he saw the future and said, you know what, it's best if I don't answer this prayer because if I answer the prayer this way, then they would never learn how to budget their money. You know, you follow what I'm saying? Like, or they would never, You know, God answers the prayer yes all the time. You just don't always know how to interpret what he's doing. So you trust him, you trust him. And you learn to pray according to his character and his person. And I guarantee you, my friends, the more you do so, the more depth you will have in your prayer life, the more depth you will have in how you interpret what God is doing in your life. Complaints will cease. They will go away. So what would be presumption in prayer? Presumption in prayer is thinking that I pray for this. And I'm going to get it exactly the way I prayed for it. That's presumption. Because then you're now dictating to God how He's to move. And that's not how it works. Understand that everything God does is for your good, period. It helps build your character, period. Which is the most important thing that you could possibly develop and take from this planet. The only thing you're taking is your character. But to presume that God's going to answer your prayer exactly the way you prayed it is a presumption and unreasonable. Now, I love this because the question is, because oftentimes we run to God when things aren't going right. I'm included. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we're doing that, there are these perplexities that begin to develop. And I'll read it to you. It says, if we take counsel with our doubts and fears. Have you ever taken counsel with your doubts and fears? I have. And it's quite stressful. And again, these doubts and fears are not like they're not necessarily per se, every time present. In other words, they could be far away. It could be planned for the future. It could be, oh no, I might, I have to pay my bill in 30 days and I don't have any money. Well, that's 30 days away. right? The Lord is already orchestrating in your behalf if you are moving in faith to be able to take care of that bill. So we have these doubts and perplexities and try to solve everything that we cannot see clearly. So we try to do that. But before we have faith, we do this before we have faith perplexities will only increase and deepen. So the more you fret, it's like quicksand. The more it builds up and goes. The more you stress out, the worse it gets, right? So the idea is very simple, very simple. If you're taking counsel with your doubts and fears, your perplexities and stresses and mental health issues will increase because this is what you're focused on right but if you focus on the right person Jesus on what he's done the blessings that he has in store for us perplexities will vanish a plain path will be before your feet as you commit yourself unto God it says but if we come to God feeling helpless and dependent okay so this is how this is the opposite of anxiety we feel helpless and dependent as we really are and in humble trusting faith we make known our wants To him whose knowledge is infinite, who sees everything in creation, and who governs everything by his will and word, he can and will attend to our cry and will let light shine into our hearts. Profound and beautiful. Profound and beautiful humbleness. We talked about this now. We're talking about some some practical steps. You're not arrogant. You're not proud. You're humble as you come before God. You're willing to accept whatever he demonstrates as the best thing because you love him and you appreciate him. You set yourself in a humble way to receive him because that's what prayer is. Open up to the heart to God as a friend and he will help us. He will give us strength. Hold on. Through sincere prayer, we are brought into connection with the mind of the infinite. That's powerful. We have no, listen, 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 listen. We have, we may have no remarkable evidence at the time that the face of our Redeemer is bending over us. So while you're praying, while I'm praying, the Redeemer is close. It says, we may have no remarkable evidence at the time that the face of our Redeemer is bending over us in compassion and love. But this is even so. Hallelujah. We may not feel his visible touch. This is what God was said. God was responding to my question this morning. But his hand is upon us in love and pity, pity and tenderness. Steps to Christ, page 96, paragraph 3. Now, why is that important? Because when you begin to say, well, I don't see God. I don't feel him by faith the bible says we're two or three gathered in his name he's in the midst so i accept that by faith i don't have to see it god is close to the heart of the individual that's broken he is near to them to have a broken spirit that's biblical because it's biblical my friends i believe it whether whether i feel it or not i believe it forgive others matthew chapter 6 verse 12 go to matthew Matthew chapter six, verse 12, the Bible says, and forgive us our debts, debts as we forgive our debtors. Again, the condition for, the fair, for prayer to be answered, forgive those just as we have been forgiven. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, Romans, go to Romans, 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 Acts, Romans, Romans chapter 12, in verse 12 the Bible says rejoice in hope patient in tribulation continuing instant in prayer something that you're continually doing so you you're forgiving others cuz that's a condition to be able to 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 make sure there's nothing between you and God as you're interceding for someone else or praying for yourself you are you are looking for the opportunity of fellowship in prayer and in 12:12 12, 12, it says rejoice in hope patient in, in tribulation continuingly in instant prayer, something that doesn't stop Colossians. Colossians, here it is, Colossians chapter four in verse two. Again, instruction, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Prayer and a spirit of gratitude, my friends, powerful. That was now first Peter chapter four in verse seven. First Peter, here we go. First Peter, chapter four, and verse seven. The Bible says, "But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer." So you're to be continuous. You're to be vigilant in your prayer life. And I'm going to make some practical suggestions when we're nearly done and get actually some feedback from you guys on what you do. Uh, But you see here, there's perseverance, there's praise, there's gratitude in the approach with prayer. All right. I think this is making sense. So, prayer can be and is an unceasing, uh, unceasing prayer is unbroken communion. So the more more continuous you are with prayer, the more you're connected with the most high, which is the secret of living a life of holiness here on planet Earth. You follow? Unbroken communion. Unceasing prayer is the unbroken union of the soul with God. So so that life from God flows into our life. And from our life, purity and holiness flow back to God. You see that? That's powerful. That should be something memorized. Unceasing prayer is unbroken fellowship. Come on, that's what I always want. I want unbroken fellowship, unbroken communion with the Most High. Because as I have unbroken fellowship, as I have unbroken communion, the devil and all his little tricks of the trade won't be able to take me down. It won't be able to take you down because you and God have made a covenant with it, with the Most High. Are you following? Unceasing prayer the devil has no access with unceasing prayer unceasing prayer the devil's defeat is assured with unceasing prayer the question is are we vitally connected are we vigilant to make sure there's nothing that will hinder our connection with the most high be diligent now listen there's some practical things wherever prayer is being made You need to find yourself in the house of prayer, whether it's prayer meeting, whether it's a couple friends, whether it's at home. You need to be diligent in praying, being prayerful and watching under prayer, praying in the home circle, praying privately. Right. These things are to be done. You know, when I say done, I say should be done. These things will be done by those who have a deeper body relationship with God because they understand the secret of a life of power here is fellowship with him. So Enoch walked with God, right? Enoch practiced the presence of God by constantly being in communion with God till he walked straight off the planet. All right. So somebody writes, so if you're pressed for time, no, see here, here's the beautiful part. Prayer is the expression silently. Right. Silently or verbally in fellowship with God. So you could be driving down the highway. You could be in the grocery store in fellowship with God, unbroken friendship. Now, again, when we talk about prayer, let me let me just come off of here for a second. Oftentimes, when we talk about prayer, we talk of it in this form. This is the form that we're used to seeing. OK, that's the form we're used to seeing. That is not the only form of prayer. You can walk down the street and be praying, talking to God, verbally or silently. You have the privilege of fellowship each and every day with God. Talk to him about any and everything. Don't hold nothing back. Don't hold no cuss word back. Don't hold no bad thoughts back. Give everything to him, my friends. I promise you, he can handle your mess. All right? He can handle your mess and i i thought this is interesting i read the, i read the quote but it says no one can stop you from praying like if somebody stole your bible they could st- they could take your bible If they say you know what you can't witness anymore they can throw you in jail but the what they can never take from you is the ability to talk to the most high amen my friends i thought that was profound i was like yeah it's true you can't take away the best weapon we got prayer <laughs> you can't touch it but what does the devil do he says i can't snatch it from you but i sure enough can distract it from you hmm? i can't snatch it he says but i sure can distract it from you be careful my friends fellowship is what we need It's what we need all right let's go a little further with this now this is my favorite quote in all of steps to christ This is usually on page 100, starting at paragraph one. We're going to take our time with it. Notice, 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 notice what it says. Keep your wants, your joys, your sorrows, your cares, and your fears before God. Tell me, is there a category left out? Nope. Your wants. What's your wants? That's everything, you know? You can tell him about the brand new car you want. You can tell him about the brand new house you want. You can tell him about the country home you want to have or your wants. You can talk to him about your joys. I know when you have a friend and something goes well for you, you want to call him up and be like, hey, did you hear about this? God wants to be in on the business too. (laughs) He don't mind you sharing your joys with him. And guess what? He doesn't mind you sharing your sorrows with him either. He wants you to share your sorrows with him. He wants you to share that struggle that's going on with him because he is the ultimate burden bearer, right? He he never trying to allow you to go through anything by yourself. He measures and weighs every burden before he allows it to come upon his children. You cannot burden him. You cannot weary him. You know how you're careful with your friends because you've been telling them so much they look like they're about to burst. (laughs) You cannot burden him. You cannot weary him. He who numbers the hairs of your head is not indifferent to the wants of his children. Amen. The Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. James 5.11. His heart of love is touched by our sorrows. Think about your sorrows. Think about the things that have made you sad, that have hurt your heart. Think about His heart of love is touched with those very pains. And even by our utterances of them. Mm, mm, mm. Even if we utter the pain, the struggle, God is sensitive to the reality. Powerful. Keep your wants, your joys, your sorrows, your cares, and your fears before God. You cannot burden Him you cannot weary him he who numbers the hairs of your head is not indifferent to the ones of his children the lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy his love is of his heart of love is touched by our heart our sorrows and even by our utterances of them phenomenal notice what else it says take to him everything that perplexes the mind how many things <laughs> everything take to him everything that perplexes the mind take to him everything that perplexes the mind take to him everything that perplexes the mind nothing is too great for him to bear for he holds up worlds you see what she did she turned our eyes away from our problems and turned our eyes towards the greatness of who god is he holds up worlds he rules over all the affairs of the universe come on man Nothing that is in any way concerns our peace is too small for him to notice. There is no chapter in our experience too dark for him to read. There is no perplexity too difficult for him to unravel. Oh mercy, friends! We have access like that. What we waiting for? No calamity can befall the least of his children. No anxiety harass the soul. No joy cheer. No sincere prayer escape the lips of which our heavenly father is unobservant, mm, 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 or in which he takes no immediate interest. He healeth the broken heart and bindeth up their wounds. Psalms 147.3. The relations between God and each soul are as distinct and full as though there were not another soul upon the earth to share his watch care not another soul for whom he gave his beloved son what a powerful quote all three of these are from the same place steps to christ page 100 paragraph one everything can be brought before the most high everything my friend nothing to be here no fake religiosity necessary when talking to him he, he is good to us he is merciful and he is kind And the opportunity to enter into that fellowship with him is ours every single day tell him everything hold nothing back you cannot weary him you cannot burden him john 16 26 the bible says go there with me john 16 verse 26 and we're nearly done here john chapter 16 verse 26 says at that day you shall ask in my name and I will say unto you that I will pray the Father for your, for you, for the Father loveth, for the Father Himself loveth you, because you have loved me and have to believe that I came out from the Father. So let's ask a simple question. Simple question. Do you love Jesus? Yeah. Do you love Jesus? Because at the end of the day, as the passage is reading here, it's very simple. If you love him, then it says, the Father himself love you. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Yes, no question we don't love him like we should, but we love him a little bit. I always say, Father, help me to love you more, because I know I don't love as much as I should. But if you love, it didn't say how much you love, if you love in any capacity. Then the Father Himself loveth you. And notice, you can't even love God without God putting that love inside you. Huh? It's powerful, man. If we would just apply, oh, Lord, teach us how to apply. I love this. You know, when we talk about prayer, it's not you go and you pray in a monastery somewhere for six years and you become a better person. That's not how it works by interacting with others you learn what you should pray for when prayer is simply a means of getting something from god and not being in fellowship with his will and his plans it is a problem when you pray remember those that you love remember the clerk at the grocery store remember the challenges that you've had throughout the week and the people that you've encountered having the same problems remember those persons and your prayer list is going to start growing and growing and growing and growing and growing so interact with others interactions with the world and with others in the church gives us the ability to have sympathy and know what to pray for there is power in the social element of the fellowship of believers too like when you're around church members and you see this one member that gets on your last nerve they always say something you know that member that you did get to your last nerve, that member should be offered up to the Lord in prayer. And then trust that God's going to work things out for his glory. So there's power in that social element of the fellowship of believers. And John in Steps of Christ 101, paragraph 3 says, if we thought and talk more of Jesus and less of self, we should have far more of his presence. You want far more of his presence? I do. <laughs> I want to talk of him more. I want my conversations to be about heaven, and I want to be about jesus and and the intercessory work and the entire I want my conversation there because it lifts, it lifts. If we thought and talk more of Jesus and less of self, we should have far more of his presence. That's what I want. That's what I want. So think of God as often as we have evidence of his care. so every time you every time you see a bird singing, Every time you see an interaction taking place, remember this is God communicating his love to us. As you see in the temporal things, friends and family, think about God. When you think about Calvary and the plan of salvation, remember what he has done and what he is doing. Praise him more often. I'm giving you some practical things now. Praise him on your lips. Let it be a normal thing for praise to come off your lips to the most high. Do your work with gratitude. Whatever you're doing unto God, do with all your might, with your strength, with the joy that heaven has put in you, in you to do. Service to Him is not to elicit undone tones of sadness. When I say that, what I mean is, I probably didn't cite that sentence right. What I mean is this: there are people that serve God and they're not happy at all. The reason why they're not happy is because they're doing all the religious things, but they are not accepting the love of God so that they do them from the right place, from the right motivation. But if you're doing it from the right motivation in the right place, no matter what the devil tries to throw at you in the future, you'll know how to either A, come back home or B, how to overcome. And I pray, friends, that that's your prayer. Oh, yes. Yeah, let me make that full screen. I pray, friends, that that's your prayer. That you would you would, with all your heart, mind, and soul, pray to live a life of the reality of what Christianity can be. What can it be if everybody truly believe what scripture has to say in its transformative nature? Okay. Let's move on here. This is our last slide, actually. It says, let, let us, let us, pray. I, I definitely messed that sentence up. Let God's, praise be upon your lips the more you praise him the less likely it is that you'll abandon ship right the soul may ascend near heaven on the wings of praise God is worshiped with song and music in the courts above and as we express our gratitude we are approximating to the worship of the heavenly host did you did you get that it says, "And as we express our gratitude, we are approximating to the worship of the heavenly hosts, whoso offereth praise glorifieth God." Psalms fifty, verse twenty-three. Let us with the rev- let us with reverence, let us with reverent joy come before our Creator with thanksgiving and the voice of melody, melody. Praise on our lips constantly talking of the goodness and the grace and the power of god when you do this heaven comes near heaven comes near so let's talk about some practical things step number one when you are in prayer be honest with god get rid of your religious filter get rid of your religious filters stop playing games open your mouth Father, I hate this. Father, I love this. Lord, help me. Lord, you see my day. You see the job. You see the, you know, honesty without filter with God. Still reverence, still respect, but without filter. Practical step number two, set a time each day to pray. So yes, you can talk to God throughout the whole day, but you need to set time where you and God on your knees before him and spend that time in prayer. And don't try to time it. Just spend time in prayer. <laughs> Talk to him. Be honest with him and let him lead you. You don't get extra points because you prayed the longest. In fact, the Bible says you pray pretty short because he already knows. the. He already knows. We read that text already, right? Step number three, practice talking to God throughout the day. Throughout the day. Practice talking to God throughout the day. And in so doing, you will develop a wonderful habit of fellowship and communion with the Most High practice talking to God throughout the day step number 4 interact with others this week and pray for those you interact with with interact with so i know that it, there is a tendency right now everybody i me personally i don't mind never going out my house i'm good with that i go outside for sunshine talk to people around the neighborhood but i don't want, want to go anywhere but if but the holy spirit's like andre how the gospel want to go to the world you don't want to go anywhere go out there and interact and as you interact you will learn what to pray for. As you see your streets, you'll know what to pray for. Your prayers will be less selfish and more orchestrated in a way to meet your community and meet the community's needs. So prayer, what does prayer do? It opens up all the whole arsenal of righteousness available to us as we pray in faith, holding on to the word of God, to the word of God. And my friends, practically, if applied, complete life-changing situation that we just went through here, if we practically apply what was presented. How many understood the word of God tonight? If you understood, just type in the chat. Yes, I understand the power of prayer. Yes, Brother Andre, I see my need and my necessity for more prayer and more power. Yes, Brother Andre, I see my necessity that I need to be out and about in my community. Right? Yes, brother Andre, I see and I understand. And if you see and understand, we're in a good place because now God can take our need and he can work his supernatural work in each one of us. If if you want God to do that supernatural work in you, what I would like you to do is bow your heads for a few moments of silent prayer. And then after those few moments of silent prayer, then I will end our study tonight with a prayer. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, you see us. You see what we are. You see the mess that we've made. There's no goodness in each and every one of us, Lord, but there's that goodness that resides in each one of us is is of you. You are the source of all. And Lord, tonight we have talked about prayer and we want our Christian walk to grow, but if prayer is the breath of the soul, then we're not breathing so well. Help us to breathe, spiritually breathing and growing in a way that you are honored by it, Father. Please help us. We live in a crazy world in crazy times. We live amongst religiosity without the power. We want the power to live life in a way that honors you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. Thank you for answering our prayer. Thank you for doing abundantly above Whatever we ask or think, thank you for the many examples in scripture of praying men and women. Where whole whole waters were separated and sons standing still and children being raised back to life and given back to their parents. Lord, there's so much that you have done. And we are grateful that you would use us as well. We pray this in the name of Jesus and we claim the merits of his holy and most precious blood. Amen. This concludes another episode of The Gospelpreneur. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends so we can all grow together. Until next time, be the abundance and be blessed.